Today in episode number 31 of the Created to Thrive podcast, I have a special treat for you because I'm going to share a Bible study that I did out of my house several years ago with a group of women that we met on a regular basis. And really, I just taught the word. We had great discussion and really practical application of how do we take God's word and apply it to our life. And it's so necessary that we do that on a very tangible level. We can know a lot of things in our head, but how does that look like in our everyday life? So that's what we're going to today or do today. So we're going to just jump right in. And we had just come off of a time of being in worship, and we were talking about um, the breath of God and his presence. So just to give you a little context of how we just jump right in. And if you know me, um, I can go deep real fast. And so that's kind of what we're going to do today. But I'm going to give you some practical exercises at the end. So hang tight because I will give you some things that you can do starting today to help you live that exchange life of what Jesus did on the cross and in his resurrection to give you that newness of life and how to live that out today. So here we go. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who he created you to be because you were created to thrive. Well, and I was thinking about how in Genesis 1, when he created man in his image and his likeness, Holy Spirit breathed the breath of God, and man became a living soul. We're the only ones out of all of his creation that he did that to. And I was thinking, too, about how when God changed Abram's name to Abraham, that H is the Yahweh. And same thing with Sarah. She was no longer Sarai. She was Sarah. Yeah, Yeah. that H, that God, he's God's man, God's woman. That H means what? It's part of the the Hebrew, the the Yahweh, the H that ends in Yahweh, Abraham, and then Sarah got the H added to their name. So when I was thinking about that, that that's, they're the father, Abraham's the father of our faith. He's God's man, God's way, God's breath, and that everything we do is in him that we live and move and have our being. And that's why, again, it's so important that the whole breathing thing, and it's not just your breathing, but what you're doing is you're, you're telling all negative thoughts and emotions are leaving me. Using and then your imagination. You're using, yeah. yep, and yeah. you're visualizing it. And when he said that the first time, when he said that about balloons, like balloons going out of your head, the thoughts like balloons, and it was when we were going to Karis, and our house hadn't sold yet, and we're like, God, you got to sell our house in order for us to move to Colorado. And this was end of May, beginning of June, actually. And we're leaving at the end of July. And so Fred, we had to show the house, and so we went to playground area. 
And I'll never forget the boys were running around and I just couldn't, like I would let it go and then bring it back. And I would let it go, I'd surrender it and then bring it back. And then I'd start to manage how are we gonna do all this. So Fred just said, Lord, I'm just gonna pray over you. And as he was praying over me, all of a sudden it was like hot air balloons. And like they're gone. This was the image I'm thinking, hot air balloons. When a kid has a hot air balloon, you know, they come out of Chuck E. Cheese or whatever and they're gone. And they're going to grandma's. <laughs> you can't, and that was exactly what he said. Lori, to surrender means hot air balloon, it's gone. You can't get it back. So when he took that as part of our the thoughts leaving us, all that negative stuff leaving us, it was the hot air balloons to where I am not retaining this anymore. God's breath in me, so that Yahweh, breathing the life of God into me. Because Zoe is that quality life, the life of God that he gave me through the cross. And so being intentional, thank you, about, um, I don't know if I have it, I don't think it's in here, it's in my other notes. I have like three different things going on. But we have to... We have to put off the old man and put on the new man. And renewing our mind is not just reading the Bible. And for the longest time, I thought, well, I've got to read the Word. I've got to read the Word because I've been told when you're a Christian, you read the Word, you do the devotion, you do, you know, but you really don't do the heart work to the degree that we need to see that exchange life. We have to value the cross and the exchanged life. We can no longer live life as we know it. We have to live that exchanged life where it ends where, though my sins were scarlet, you made me white as snow. So you have to do 2 Corinthians 5.21 where it says, he who knew no sin was made sin so that we would be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So what did Jesus take of mine and uh, literally embody it himself and in exchange what did he give me so we know the one is sin right he took my sin in exchange gave me his righteousness and that's a huge word and if you've never really studied righteousness and it's faith righteousness it's not righteousness by works like, what have I done for Jesus? It's, what have I believed about Jesus? And then I act on that belief, right? But it's really believing that God is good, that Jesus is good, that he only wants my best. He's only trying to help me be the best that I can be. I'm in right standing with God. He doesn't see me in sin. And God likes me. And I don't think we really... We really think about that because a lot of times we don't like ourselves and we can easily get into condemnation and I've lived it and I'm, you know, you break through, you think, okay, I'm better. I'm not how I used to be, but man, I'm not where I want to be. But am I condemning myself and my self-talk? And I've been struggling the last four days because when you're physically in pain and you have not slept that's a very dangerous place to be. And we have to have the body. We have to. And we have to be transparent. So that's why I call out, you cannot isolate yourself because you, you haven't received your breakthrough yet. That's just not real. 
That's some fantasy we have in our mind of what faith looks like, and it's not real. Did you see, I mean, do you see that? I, I just, so I'm not saying that what I, I'm struggling is right. But that, that's where I can share to say, this is where I'm at right now. So then I can receive the word that you give me like, oh, yeah, I don't have to live. Oh my goodness, I don't have to live like that. Yes, my eyes, and help me put my eyes back on Jesus in that exchanged life. So a lot of times it's the sin issue. The second biggest one is the healing issue. Jesus took, he bore in his body. All right, turn to Isaiah 53. So Isaiah 53, verse 4. All right, so surely, and again, that's, that's a pretty strong, confident word. Surely he has borne or carried our griefs. Um, he has suffered our, so that griefs there is sickness, diseases, anxiety, calamities. Distresses. Distresses. Weaknesses. I mean, yep, go. Oh, yeah, read, read what's it say. Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God, as if with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. That chastisement needed to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Yeah. So looking at any of these issues, what did Jesus, what did he possess that he exchanged for all of the stuff that I had. So sin, sickness, griefs, sorrows, distresses, depression, anxiety, anything that's not causing me to have peace, the chastisement of my peace, anything that is attacking my thoughts that's contrary to what Jesus bought and paid for. Poverty. Jesus took on any not just poverty in my, my finances, but relationship, anything that is not prospering. And he gave me his riches. He gave me his kingdom, which is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Joy is a big, big issue with God. Because it says the joy of our Lord is our strength. But have we received that joy? Or are we looking at our circumstances? And I think that's probably one of the biggest struggles we can have. Is feeling the joy of the Lord. But we have to practice it. And I want to hear what you have to say. Because, but, so I just want us to really start engaging with, wow, what happened leading up to the cross and then on the cross and then in the resurrection. That exchanged life. But it takes, God did his part. Everything that God did, the grace of God, the ability, the empowerment, his divine influence on my heart, his favor, he's already done it. But it does require my part to cooperate with him. First and foremost, to believe 
and to trust. That's faith mm-hmm. in a nutshell. And then what do I do with that? I'm going to act upon it because I have to know what has already transpired. Just like if someone left you an inheritance, you have to do something to activate that inheritance. You can know you have it, but until you go and activate it and start using it to make it legally yours, it's just information. And this takes practice. It's an exercise for you. Think of something that you know is true about yourself that God says about you. So, for instance, mine is, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Say that 30 times a day, mainly in the, mostly in the morning and at night, but say it with a smile. So, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Did you know that I am fearfully and wonderfully made? And so you just kind of keep saying that, and you say it with a smile all the time, and just throughout the day. And that changes, that renews your mind. So I, I just challenge you and encourage each one of you, think of something you know is true about yourself that God created and, is, and believes in you. That's good. You know, if you can think of something right now, just whatever comes to your mind, and you just say it with a smile. That's good. Every day. Yeah. It's a good little exercise. You're driving the car. That's good. Yeah, I am. I am. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just take a minute and just ask Holy Spirit for yourself. Just say, Lord, what is my I am statement that you know that I need to know right now for me personally that I can start saying every day? And then once you get that, write that down. You know, and I encourage you that if you've been aware of confessions and tried to do confessions in the past, it can almost be like, if I confess it enough, I'll be it, mm-hmm. right? If you're trying to convince yourself. Right. Yeah. So I want to encourage you that this is just, it's, it's such a great example, Jill, so thank you, that you have to first ask the Lord, because if it's someone else's words... You're going to try and make it happen. That's not how faith works. You've got to get that downloaded to you first. So it's simply just asking Holy Spirit, what is it that I am, that I need to be focusing on right now, today? And it could be one word. It could be two words, three words. But it ha- but you 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 press in to hear him and don't don't second guess what he says. Because we can intellectualize it and think about it in human reason and we can get in the way of that. So I'll just give you an example. So I just said, All right, Holy Spirit, for me, what do I need to say I am? And he just said, I am loved, valued, nourished, and cherished. And then immediately I started going, well, I know this, but this, (laughs) we do this gymnastics in our head. Stop it. I just asked him. He just put something on my heart. That's what I'm going to go with. I'm not going to rationalize it. I'm just going to say, okay, I'm loved, I'm valued, I'm nourished, and I'm cherished. 
anything opposite is really uh, witchcraft manipulation because it's yes. something what God's not saying. And on a heart level, because we can know it in our head. That's key. But it truly is, then what you do is you send away those negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. Of So what I've done is I've said, for example... Lord, I repent of believing a lie about myself that was spoken by this person. That is not how you, that's not how you see me. That's not what you say in your word about me. So I send away these words, and then I would say the words. And I forgive that person. But now I put on your truth. I embrace your truth. So I am loved, I am valued, I am nourished and cherished by you. And it's a conditioning of then repeating the I am's. But we have to see it, so we just can't say it. We have to connect in our heart to where it's real. All right. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, you can do me a huge favor and go and share this on your socials. Tag me at Lori K. Snyder. That's L-O-R-I-K-A-Y-S-N-Y-D-E-R. Tag me and that way I can see it and then share you on my socials and we can just share the love. And then also, if this has blessed you and you want to help us fulfill the call of God on our lives to fulfill the Great Commission and disciple people, you can donate to our nonprofit ministry and receive a tax-deductible donation. Go to storykksnyder.com, that's L-O-R-I-K-S-N-Y-D-E-R.com, and click on the Donate button, and you can be a blessing to all those that are in need of God's truth and way and life. God bless.